Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I am here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So, surprise! We love occasionally popping into your feed unannounced, unexpected, and today is a Friday and we are bringing you a special episode. So yay, happy to be here, Megan. We're really happy to be here, especially because I know um, that so many of you are, you know, stuck at home and not getting a lot of breaks. And so maybe this can be a little Friday, little Friday break for you. Yes, exactly. Going into the weekend. So today we're talking about the reality of not getting a break from your kids. And this isn't necessarily pandemic specific, although I think it's a heightened experience right now, wouldn't you say? Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because, you know, even if this was any other time of year when you would naturally have your kids around you all the time, right now there's just nowhere, there's nowhere to go really or anything to do. And the kids are probably the ones taking it the hardest because they can't even like jump in this in the car and go to the grocery store once every 10 days or whatever um, the rest of us are doing. So it truly is. It's a very unusual situation that we're in. Yeah. And I think it's something that if you have been a stay at home mom with little kids, for example, you know, well, of which we speak, you have been living the life of, you know, pretty much having your kids around you all day long. Um, and we've answered a couple of listener questions relative to this lately. And I feel like it just kind of deserved its own episode. So we're talking about both how to identify when you need a break, how to be okay with even the concept of needing a break from your family, because I think moms carry so much guilt about that. And then some specific tips and strategies for actually getting that time in your day, whether you need to put it on the schedule and carve it out or whether you need to come up with, you know, an activity that gives you a break, take up running or take up whatever. So we have lots to talk about today and lots to unpack here. Um, But Megan, I thought we could just first kind of talk about our own days lately. I mean, this um, stay at home situation has been happening for over a month now. And so maybe we can both just talk about what a day in the life 
looks like for each of us and specifically what kind of breaks did we used to get in our day that are not happening right now? So do you want to go first? Sure. Well, I mean, I have older kids, as everyone knows, my youngest is 11. So on the face of it, it doesn't really seem like as dire or as dramatic because, you know, like my kids can kind of do their own thing. I don't have to be there refilling their water glass. Like it's, it's very different than it would be if they were like three, four, five, or Mm -hmm. even in the younger elementary years. But I did think about this because even though we can all happily cohabitate under the same roof without even really getting in each other's way too much. If we want, we're in a big house, they all have their own room, et cetera. Um, there have been a few big changes. So one of those would be, of course, they're not going to school. Uh, but I now am the one having to make sure they do their schoolwork, mm-hmm. which just means I have to be on in a way that I wasn't really before. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had like set aside homework time before, but now it's, you know, it's me kind of going and checking in saying, do you have a Zoom call or a Google Meet today? Uh, what do you have to do? What's going on? What do I need to be doing? And then multiple things I have to be checking in with that are just new to me. Um, it's also several times kind of hit me as a surprise and has interfered with you and I recording or something mm-hmm. where a kid's like, no, I've got uh, no, I've got a call with my class in five minutes mm-hmm. and I didn't know. Or like earlier today, um, I made brunch and I've been doing this for my kids. Every We're eating two meals a day together now. I The kids can do what they want in the morning for breakfast. They get up kind of late. I make a big brunch and then we have dinner together, which is really nice. But William's like, oh, I can't be there for brunch because I have a, you know, a call with my AP history class. Mm-hmm. And I got kind of like grumpy about it because <laughs> this is now my rhythm, yeah. right? I'm trying to create a new rhythm. We're a month and some change in. And I really want to make this like feel like a thing we're intentionally doing. And so when something pops up that interrupts it, now I'm grumpy about that. And the other thing that I really, oh, and the kids are staying up later now. They're often still up when I go to bed. That's new. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just go later. We're not eating dinner until sometimes eight o'clock uh, because there's no reason not yeah. to. And we're having a late brunchy lunch type thing. And then the other thing that I think is really easy to underestimate until you've been at home with your kids for more than a month is that mine used to constantly be going back and forth between their friends' houses and their cousins' houses. Mm-hmm. And that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be hey, you drop like to my brother, I'd say you drop the girls off over here. Um, I'll bring the boys to you. We can kind of do a swap. Mm-hmm. The kids were constantly doing sleepovers and just like quickie little um, hour or two or three hangouts. And when they're not, that ends up meaning I'm absorbing everything, like yeah. all the energy, all the social needs, especially for Clara, kind of have to now be met inside this house with mm-hmm. the people under this roof. And, you know, they're not that needy. It's just that now whatever needs there are, whether it's social entertainment, feeding, um, education, I'm like the only one to fill those needs. Mm -hmm. And that it doesn't necessarily look like um, not getting a break. It looks more like not even knowing like when it's okay or when it's time to take the break or like what a break even looks like. So that was a very long winded way of saying all over the place. No, actually so much (laughs) of what you said, I'll just co-sign, especially the, I think it was so smart the way you pointed out that the school is happening under our roofs, which puts us in a weird um, overlap for their time and attention with teachers, which normally that's like a, unless you homeschool or road school or something like that, that's happening in a completely different zip code in my case. It's like across (laughs) town. And now it's kind of overlapping with our family rhythms. Like, can I serve lunch right now? 
or is someone on a class? And then if they're on a class, then they have to come in and make themselves lunch. And so, yeah, I just related to so much of what you said. And I also wanted to ask, um, because you guys are a divorced family, your big break in terms of getting time alone as a mm-hmm. mom is like all or nothing, right? So you have your it's kids. It's a little too much. Right. It's too, <laughs> because you can't then connect with your friends and see your friends like you normally would. Exactly. So you're having right. a house so full on the of three, kids. So on the three and a half days that the kids are just gone, and now they're mostly all going. It used to be that the that Jacob would kind of hang around and I'd have like another person in the house, but now he's been just going. I don't know why. Like we changed everything and it just seems like the thing now for him to go with. And so many days I'm just sitting here alone and it's, you can really fill, you can fill about a day <laughs> um, easily. And then it starts to be like, okie dokie. Right. Do I just walk a lot? Like I walk a lot right. and yeah, I try to, I'm trying to still take care of some cleaning and yeah. I try to save my grocery shopping and stuff like that for when they're not here. But it is hard. It's, it's very extreme. Yeah. Like one extreme, extreme to the other. Well, the yeah. other thing that you said that I want to kind of expand on for how it feels for us is getting a break as a mom with a bunch of kids in your house doesn't always look like having the house to yourself. I mean, for me, the last couple of years, having all three kids in school, that's a wonderful thing. I do get five or six hours a day by myself in the house. But a lot of times getting a break can also look like like what you were talking about with the cousin, some redistribution of who's under the roof can provide mm. natural little like, OK, now this pair of kids is going to play well together because they haven't seen each other all day. Right. And the older ones doing homework. And like there's this constant kind of shifting or now my husband comes home from work. So they all want to go to him, which gives me this different kind of a break. So when we're all five in the same house for weeks on end, um, luckily we all get along and my kids are seven, nine and 11. They, they are much more independent than they used to be, but there's no natural mixing up. So what I find is we're a lot of times all kind of looking at each other, like who's going to play with who? And you know, the, right. y- the youngest is always wants to be doing something. She's very busy. She's very like emotionally needy, the wrong word, but like she, she wants to be with people and doing things at all times. So we're all kind of side-eyeing each other. Like, okay, who wants her? (laughs) Like who can take her to play a game or go ride a bike? So, um, it does feel like those little natural breaks are not happening. And then of course the big obvious one is they're not in school all day. Um, and I really had come to enjoy that. Um, luckily, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm well-practiced because I was a stay-at-home mom for several years when they were really little, and they're summer. I, I've done this during the summer, but we're used to being able to go more places. Um, and then yeah. finally, you pointed out that kids are up later at night, and mine are. See, I mean, my family just goes to bed a lot earlier than yours in general, but everybody has shifted slightly, and I just find that makes me a little bit grumpy because I really look forward to when they're all in their rooms. And so the later yeah. it gets, and the the harder that is, it feels like I have to delay that kind of. <sighs> like that sigh and put yeah. my feet up on the couch and I find myself grumpy if it if it's pushing to like 830 instead of eight or whatever it is. So yeah, it's the kind of same over here, I guess. You know, one other thing I didn't really think of before, two two quick things. One is that we've talked pretty recently on this episode or on the show about um, making one-on-one time with our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all of the tips that we shared, I feel like have just gone out the window mm-hmm. because now I don't have the car rides with just one yeah. kid that I'm taking to a friend's house and I don't have like the opportunities are just different now. Yeah. And so we've really all just been like thrown into like one big, you know, family soup yeah. and there hasn't been a lot of distinction. And then um, the other thing I really noticed was that there was a little honeymoon period here where Clara is, you know, she'd be the one who would need the most because the boys all have each other. They're actually, Isaac came home from, you know, he's been gone now and they, the kids all really missed him. He's here now hunkering down with us. 
So I think for the boys, it was like party time. We get to hang out with our siblings yeah. just like all the time. And Clara is a bit of an introvert and she loves alone time. And so she spent lots of time those first three weeks or so hidden away in her bedroom, working on her art, like mm-hmm. listening to whatever podcasts she likes and YouTube channels and stuff like that. And now she's gotten a taste of school again because they just in earnest started doing like Google meets Mm -hmm. with her teacher in class. And that suddenly, I think she realizes that she misses them. Mm -hmm. And so now there's like a, like, like the honeymoon's over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And now it's like the part, it's like when you're sick and for a little while, like the kids are just kind of tucked away watching TV in your bed or whatever. And it's actually kind of quiet. And then there's the day, there's the part where they're like kind of getting better and grumpy and bored. That's where I feel like we're getting to the bored and restless stage. So Who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks? Yeah. And I think a lot of people out there are feeling that way. Well, like I said, we have um, lots to discuss and some tips uh, to offer. But before that, we're going to talk about our sponsor for this episode. So we are really happy to be welcoming back our sponsor, Yippee, for this episode. You have heard us talk about their new streaming platform for kids the last few weeks on the show. And they are just a perfect partner for this episode, Megan. Because I know I am not alone when I say that streaming content sort of feels like a family essential right now, like right up there with eggs and butter and toilet paper and streaming Uh, services. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I totally get it. And you know, Sarah, when my kids were preschool aged, their options for TV shows were more limited, which had its upsides. I mean, I might have gotten sick of hearing the Teletubbies theme song over and over Mm -hmm. back in the day, but at least I knew what they were watching. And I knew we were limited to a few DVDs and a couple of cable channels, but now little kids just have access to so much content and that comes with challenges of its own. Yeah, it really does. And as a parent, it's kind of hard to vet all of that and like intercept the tablet before the next video gets served up from the algorithm. And especially if you have multiple kids and you're trying to work, that's just a lot to put on parents. So the way Yippee works is it's all contained right in the app. Kids can click around to different shows, but they'll never see an ad or come across something that they shouldn't be watching. And all the Yippie shows are designed to build character and set good examples, which is something you might not always think about when your kids are just watching something occasionally. But as we're going to talk about in today's episode, right now, kids are consuming more streaming content. And I think those sassy attitudes have a habit of like sneaking into my kids' behavior when they consume a lot of that. At least that's been my experience with one particular child and one particular type of programming. I know the particular type of child and programming <laughs> you are speaking of, and it's been an issue in my house as well over the years. Um, Sarah, we should also mention that Yippee can stream to a tablet or mobile device, but it can also be played from your Apple TV or Roku or other internet TV device. So there's lots of flexibility there depending on how the screens are shared in your house. We'll have more to tell you about Yippee a little later on in the podcast. So definitely keep listening. We're going to have a 50% off promo code. And of course, check the show notes for all the links you need to get started with your free trial at Yippee. Okay, we're going to dive in. And first, I want to just acknowledge that this feeling of needing a break from your kids, first of all, is okay. But second of all, I think it looks different for different moms. So some people really like really need alone time. Other people might not need alone time. So we're going to get into what that might look like. But let's just start by talking about some of the feelings that come up when we're in a season of life where we are not getting breaks at all. So why don't you go first, Megan? (laughs) Well, I want to point out loneliness. We've talked about this at length before, this idea that motherhood can be very, um, very isolating, um, especially in the phases when you're kind of at home without breaks. And that tends to happen more in the early years of motherhood, early months and early years, which is why I think it can be now if your kids are older and you've gotten used to having stuff to do during the day that keeps you out and busy. Um, 
it can kind of feel jarring to be back in that. Like we've like, we've compared it to the newborn phase again. Yeah. We're like, mm -hmm. yeah. So I just want to point out that, especially if you're an um, extroverted person, you can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Mm -hmm. um, little kids aren't necessarily, and even big kids, they're not your friends and I they're agree. not the same. Yeah. And it's not the same as going out and, and, you know, hanging out with a, a girlfriend and just getting a little bit of a break. It's not even the same as being alone. Yeah. I sometimes feel more lonely when I'm around people who are sucking my energy out mm -hmm. than I would if I was just kind of with myself mm -hmm. because I think I make really good company for myself. I'm sure there's some introverts who are nodding along with yeah. that as well. But if you don't even get a chance to be with yourself and your own thoughts, you can feel lonely, even though you're surrounded by people. It's a very strange, it's a strange um, emotion to have when mm -hmm. you do have people around, but I think it's completely legit. It's a hundred percent legit. So yeah, loneliness is one. A big one is irritability. I think a lot of us can relate to that feeling of just having a shorter and shorter fuse throughout the day. And it's not any one thing that went wrong. And of course, we're all aware that we're relatively fortunate and privileged to be stuck at home with our kids. And we can have that kind of, um, global awareness for our relative luckiness and at the same time just be cranky. So crankiness mm. and irritability, I think, compound when we're not getting a break from our kids. And unfortunately, like it's it's sort of a a cycle, right? Because if you continue not to get a break, you continue to get grumpier and grumpier. You might snap at your spouse or snap at your kids and then everybody's in a grumpy mood. And it's not likely to kind of solve itself unless you take a pause and kind of look at look at it for what it is. So grumpiness. Yeah, totally. I have found myself very irritable. Um, and this pairs really well with the next one, which to me, irritability and this feeling go hand in hand. And it is the feeling of being checked out or not very present. Um, you know, this might manifest itself in mindless phone scrolling or saying, mm-hmm, 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 <laughs> and not listening to a thing your kids are saying. I find that when I'm in that place where like, if they walk in the room and start talking to me and I'm irritated because the song that I've heard 8 million times in my life. And I could literally pause and pick right back up again. As soon as they walk out, I'm mad that they interrupted my song. <laughs> That's that to me causes the irritability, which causes more checking out. It's like, they kind of like, for me, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because you're trying to, you're trying to check out and you can't, which mm -hmm. makes you irritable. And then you're trying to check out because you're irritable. Yeah. So it can kind of create this yes. vicious cycle. Well, and that feeling of being checked out and not present is probably some kind of fundamental way of your system trying to take a break if you haven't given it one. Yes. But yet, of course, it's not, it doesn't refill your cup like a proper right. self care break does. So it just leaves you feeling kind of vaguely guilty because you're ignoring your kids and staring at your phone and you come back and you haven't really gotten a break. You've just mentally checked out. So I think so yep. many people can relate to that right now. And then the last one, I think, which also goes hand in hand is this feeling like you're not doing enough. And this is really, I think, happening a lot right now for moms during the pandemic, because we are at home with our kids. We have this sense that they, there are ways we could or should be helping there's so many different, there's so much information out there about what's going on and what's the best way to help and what's the best way to stay at home. And, you know, how can I, how can I do this the best, right? For those of us with achiever mm. personalities or, you know, and, and yet we're not doing much there. It, there's not enough activity to create that feeling of busyness. So for, for people who get a lot of their self-worth or their identity out of accomplishing stuff, I think this is a really 
tough time. And when you're not getting a break from your kids, you feel like you've been on your feet all day, cutting sandwiches and serving lunch and answering mindless questions. But yet it's that feeling of like, what did I do all day? Which brings me, it's right back to those newborn days, right? That's the feeling you have when you have a newborn. It's like, wait, what did I do today? I didn't even have time to put in a load of laundry and I have nothing to show for this day. And of course we would tell that new mom, like you did plenty today. Like you kept your baby alive and you drank a glass of water and you pumped some milk. Yeah. And so um, I think I think feeling like you're not doing enough or that you don't know what you should be doing, like almost like a lack of a sense of purpose, I think, is another thing that's coming up for a lot of people during this time. And especially when we're surrounded by our families every minute of every day. So, yeah, totally agree. Well, I thought what we could do is just kind of offer a framework um, for knowing what you specifically need as a mom who hasn't gotten a break in a while, because everybody's needs are different. And Megan, I remember a million years ago, you wrote like a mother's hierarchy of needs, right? Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was probably what, eight years ago now. So we came up with kind of four basic need categories um, that we're going to talk about right now. And I would love for listeners to listen to just kind of identify the ones that you feel you need the most because feeling like, oh my gosh, I could use a break from all this is sort of like the, that's the, the widest category. And then we're going to drill down and kind of look at a framework for identifying what that need really is. So, um, the first one is, do you maybe need some affirmation? Um, we know that words of affirmation are one of the love languages. I like words of affirmation. Um, but this goes along with maybe not feeling appreciated for everything that you're doing, maybe wishing somebody would notice the hard work that you are doing in this time, um, or maybe feeling like the work that you are doing, you know, hour after hour is different than what you were doing before. So if you were working outside the home before and got a lot of value out of what you were doing with your work and you're now in quarantine, it can be a feeling of like, wait, what is, what am I bringing to this family right now? And, and has my identity shifted a little bit? So um, sometimes when we feel like we haven't gotten a break, it might be that we need some appreciation or some affirmation. Yeah. And I, this is one of those ones where as soon as I find myself martyring, like circling mm-hmm. the martyr um, drain, <laughs> that's when I know that this is the missing need mm-hmm. for me. It's like when I'm standing there, you know, vacuuming under everyone's feet, wondering like when they're going to all turn and thank me. Mm-hmm. Um, or when I'm grumpy about dinner because it just got eaten and then it was over and I didn't get like heaps of praise on me. (laughs) And sometimes, sometimes it's like, it's legitimate because people really are just taking me for granted. And Uh sometimes it's a little bit on me. Like sometimes it's me going in with really much higher expectations than are reasonable, especially for the things I'm doing that maybe don't seem to my kids any different from what they used to be. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand what a different place I'm in mentally. Or sometimes it's just because I have this expectation that a teenager is really going to, you know, get outside themselves and think about their mom, which they're not going to do unless forced or like a toddler cares. Right. You know, so like, right. I think that, yeah, the affirmation one is really for me, um, especially as someone who does need affirmation and who's a, um, an Enneagram too. Mm -hmm. Um, I am more prone to martyr cycles around the need for affirmation Mm -hmm. than pretty much any other thing. And yeah. <laughs> Do you find that when your kids come home after being away for four days, you ever, cause, because you do have a much more built in break than, than I do right now. Do you find that you've reset or is it, do you still get in a cycle where you're circling that martyr martyrdom place? 
kind of depends how I spent the time. Okay. Because it's very easy to spend three days alone and not fill your cup. Yeah. Or to be doing stuff around the house that still feels like for the, you're doing it for those other people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. catching up on and their then, laundry. and <laughs> Right. And then they all come in and they just drop their stuff and they just want to get to the, back to their lives. And so there is a part of me that's looking around like, do you see what I've done for you here? Do you see how clean it is in here? Do you know that I was mm-hmm. like grocery shopping when you were gone to provide food for your mouse? And they don't they don't know and no. they don't care. I mean, and if I tell them, they're going to look at me and go, oh, thanks, mom. And yeah. They're going to want to make me happy, but that's not the same as truly recognizing. I think that yeah. is one of the harder things about being single is yeah. just that I don't even have another rational adult in the house yeah. who will just notice and say thank you yeah. because everybody I'm dealing with are, they're all young people right. and they're, they're not, they're selfish. They're not, they're self-centered. Right. They're not right. really, really there to think about my needs. Right. And that's cool. I don't want them to be thinking about my needs, but I also want them to develop that empathy and stuff like that. So I try to have a good sense of humor about it, but yeah. it's not always easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next one is, do you maybe actually just need alone time? And this is the most self-explanatory, but the thing is, I think alone time doesn't look the same mom to mom. And it also, not all alone time is created equal. For example, I go on a walk by myself every day and that is just me and it's my exercise and it feels good. It's not the same as being left alone in my house. And I really did give up being alone in my house and puttering around and doing creative work and just having quiet. And so for me, yes, I just got 45 minutes alone. And yes, I might still need another 45 minutes alone up in the bedroom to read my book or whatever. So I think one thing I've noticed for me is the more alone time I've had built into my life over the years, the more I feel protective of it and I want it more. So like I got Mm. a taste and now I really know when I need to be by myself and I am an introvert and I can grab it in little pockets and we'll talk in the second half of the show how to kind of find these bits of alone time. But I think understanding it as a need and, and then going the next step and understanding what kind of alone time would best serve you is a great question to be asking. So yeah, just to my point before, like three days spent alone is not always, I mean, you might have three hours spent alone that are better Mm -hmm. (laughs) than three days, depending on how they're spent. Yeah, totally. Okay. The next one is, do you maybe need connection with other people? And I think you said it best when you said like your kids are not your friends. It's possible to feel lonely when you're surrounded by people and meaningful connection. I think as I I believe that science has told us that meaningful connection is like one of one of the things that keeps us happy and healthy and functioning, including in times like this, where we've had to all get really creative about how to create that connection. Um, But I think it's something that new moms and moms of really young kids know this feeling well of just not having had an adult conversation in a long time and kind of having your days filled, they're filled and they're busy and you're talking and you're listening and you're having conversations with a five-year-old about, you know, his Lego creation. That is not the same thing as meaningful connection. So it's a need that I think can go unmet because we feel like it shouldn't be a need, but it is. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. And this has been such an interesting experiment um, the last, you know, what's five, six weeks in how, what does work and what doesn't work when it comes to virtually connecting with mm-hmm. other people. And I have to say like the first two, three weeks where I, I thought it was hilarious how people were coming out of the woodwork, wanting to set up zoom meetings and things with me, people that I wouldn't usually see more than once a month anyway, mm-hmm. were wanting to get on like all the time. And I was getting, like I was fielding tons of texts and, and it was fun for a little bit. And Facebook was very, very active. It still is. 
but I started to realize that for me, even as an extrovert, I'm not like a big, um, I don't have huge social groups. I'm not someone who goes out in big groups. It's Mm -hmm. not my thing. And so it made more sense for me to start kind of toning down how much I was texting with people, almost completely cut back how much I was Facebooking Mm -hmm. and just go to the people I'd be seeing anyway and like make sure that I'm getting in front of those people with a Zoom call or a, you know, a Google Hangout or something. And then, um, so for me, that would be like my sister-in-law and my other best friend who lives in town. Like we're doing two, three times a week. We just jump on and mm-hmm. sometimes we just complain. Sometimes we have a cocktail, like whatever. We're, we're just making sure we see each other face to face. And another thing for me is like seeing physical people is really important. So mm-hmm. when I go for walks, like I make sure when I walk by people, I smile and wave. And like everyone's been really good about that. Even when it's from across the street, mm-hmm. I feel like people are making more of an effort to make eye contact and acknowledge each other, yeah. which is kind of cool. But I'll get more out of having, you know, a conversation with you an every now and then conversation with Jenna and Missy and waving at people that is more filling to my cup than spending all day talking with people on text and Facebook that I'm not close to. Yes. So yes, it's like the quality connection over yes. just randomly connecting. Yeah, no, I, that's such a good observation. Um, I was going to add something about for those who are partnered in the same house, it's really easy to get into this place where you're just functionally like functionally getting the kids what they need and getting the kids to bed. And then you crash on the couch and watch your show or whatever. Um, and I think it's really common for people to feel like they're cohabiting with another adult that they may be married to and not actually connecting with that person as well. So feeling a need for Mm. connection can happen even under one roof, or you could have a great connection with your spouse and that could be fine. And you're craving the friendship or the more meaningful conversations. When you were talking about walking in your neighborhood, it's funny. I noticed a huge difference in, I also wave to people from across the street and, you know, say hello that way. But uh, a neighbor turned 50 and people were just driving by her house to wave or say hello. And we did the same from like, I don't know, at least 10 feet away. It wasn't even the six. It was like halfway across the street. And but we had a, like a good 10 minute conversation. And then some other neighbors were out and we walked over and from 10 feet away, talked to them. And I went inside feeling like that was more adult conversation than I'd had yeah. outside work or Brian for like 10 days. And these aren't even people I'm close to. They're, they're good acquaintance right. neighbors. And that was a good wake up call that like even someone like me, who's a relative homebody and kind of happy with my my little bubble, um, it benefits all of us to talk to someone, talk to a neighbor. And I think it'll be interesting as we, as, as things start to lift whenever they do the way that we connect out in the world and maybe we'll be wearing masks and we'll have to like blink our eyes a little bit differently to like really make eye contact and connect. But it, it is a human need for sure. It really is. And I, it's funny, I was in, um, I'm the kind of person who, if I see someone I know that I would run into in real life, like walking in front of my house, I almost want to hide sometimes Mm -hmm. because my home is like my, it's like my haven. It's the place I hide from the world. It's not the place that I engage with the world, but I think people are really changing now Mm -hmm. in the way that they're feeling about that. So several times I've been walking my dog and someone comes running out of a house. I didn't even know this person lived in this house. Yeah, And it's like, Megan. And I'll turn around like, Oh, I didn't know you lived there. And then I stand in, you know, in the street or whatever, the sidewalk and, have a conversation like you're describing. And in that case, it makes sense because it's the equivalent of running into someone at the bar or at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Like we're not doing that anymore. So we're finding, we're finding it in ways, different ways now. Um, and yes, I looking at people like, and there's science to that. Um, 
that we need to see faces yeah. and we need to see them in real life. It's one thing to do a Zoom call or a, some kind of video conference with your best friends that you go way back with. You mm-hmm. you know their you know their mannerisms. You know mm-hmm. them well enough. It's not the same, but it kind of fills a need. But that's no like you're not gonna get from like a, a, a virtual stranger that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the same. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The connection thing is important to think about. I think it is. Okay. And then the last kind of basic need, and we all could use this is maybe when you're feeling like you haven't gotten a break, maybe you actually need help and help mm-hmm. I think can come from a lot of different sources. It could be other members of your household doing more of their part, like literally picking up the slack. We've talked a lot on this show, Megan, about delegating and, you know, bringing kids into the chores and responsibilities. And I know a lot of people during quarantine are doing that because they can because everyone's at right. home. So maybe getting help means retooling the distribution of labor within your home. Maybe it needs letting go of a set of tasks or putting a mm. certain um, job or responsibility on hold if you're able to do that. Um, in post quarantine life, maybe that looks like, um, hiring, hiring some help, getting help could be getting professional help for yourself, like seeing a, yeah. a therapist in a telemedicine sort of way, which is totally available right now. So w- when I say, do you need help? I think I I'm thinking of a really broad umbrella, but for moms who are not getting a break at home, asking that question, do I need help? And then the follow-up question, what kind of help do I need is super, super valuable just in identifying the areas that, that you need help in. So, yeah. And, and I think too, especially if you're a work, if you're a working mom, whether or not you worked from home before, if maybe, especially if you didn't work from home before, um, it might also mean letting go of some standards in your work life so that you can make your home life pleasant. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, I think I wrote about this in the newsletter. Like I kind of came into this whole thing with this like carpe diem, you know, like, how do I get through this um, and seize every opportunity and make sure my my family doesn't take a financial hit and all those things. And I think like last week, I just threw up my hands and cried uncle a little bit. And I'm very fortunate that right now our business isn't being affected very much by this, but Mm -hmm. I know that could change. However, if I am a wreck, there's nothing I can do. Like I need to start from the basics and shrink my life down a little Mm -hmm. bit because right now our lives are all very small. And so for me, that means I need if I'm going to delegate to my family, I need to make room and space and time in my life to do that, which means I can't do everything on the level. Yeah. Otherwise would be yes. just keeping all the balls in the air, right? Like the balls are all falling. They're all bouncing on the ground right now. I'm not even <laughs> trying to hold them up. They've rolled under and the I'm couch. going, okay. So yeah. And I'm like, okay, so then what's really important? Like today, if it's just really important that my kitchen is clean. So I feel good about being in there that my kids eat, that I get outside and that I do the bare minimum with, with what we have to do. Like that's sometimes just going to have to be enough. Mm-hmm. And that's like helping myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So I'm curious, Megan, of these four basic needs. So we just talked about, do I need affirmation? Do I need alone time? Do I need connection? Do I need help? Are there one or two that feel like they come up most often for you? Probably connection. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's something that's I, I rely on mm-hmm. and that I find difficult to get uh, in a purely virtual way, right. especially considering I spend so much time alone. So right. that probably that. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think probably affirmation and alone time probably come up first for me. Maybe 
I think all of them, I need all of them at certain times. But what I'm noticing is if you, if I, if you and I identify like the biggest ones for us and our needs were completely met in those areas, I bet we could continue to push hard in the other areas without needing as much of a break. Does that make sense? So it's not like all Mm -hmm. four need to be fully met at all times. For example, I could, I could soldier on without much help and without much alone time if I feel appreciated, for example. Um, and, and of course we all need all of these at different times, but I thought that was kind of interesting that if you kind of figure out which one is needs triage, then you might be able to keep soldiering on in the other areas, um, in a way. Well, because it's what you draw energy from. So if I draw energy from connecting with other people, then that means as long as I make sure I'm doing that in a meaningful way every single day, Mm -hmm. then it gives me energy for literally everything else to power through. Like you said, to power through the tasks that need to get done to make sure I get the alone time I need or deal with it if I don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, all those things. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about our sponsor, Yippee. And then when we come back, we have some actual tips and strategies for getting a break when you have not had one in a while. Sarah, something that's occurring to me as we talk about this is that our kids are experiencing this crazy time too. And we don't always know the best way to meet their needs in any given moment. Some of my kids really crave conversation and connection and others are just quieter right now. Yeah, I agree. And one thing for sure that I've noticed is that just like adults, sometimes kids need to just laugh and be entertained and be silly. And the sillier, the more passive, the better sometimes. Like silly videos for my kids are kind of like what memes are for me and my friends that I text with. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And little kids aren't running around at recess with their friends right now. So that kind of like sweet, innocent play is just not always replicable at home. Well, my kids have been loving our sponsor, Yippee, and specifically their shows that feel like YouTube videos, only just a little more wholesome. One of their original shows is called The Yippee Show. And the two hosts take on these ridiculous challenges like trying to make pancakes out of Thanksgiving dinner ingredients and stuff like that. It's so silly. It's not what I personally would unwind to, but that's kind of the point, right? Like I need Schitt's Creek. They need goofy challenge videos and we all need to just laugh and be entertained right now. If your kids like animated shows, Yippee has those too. They've got the whole catalog of VeggieTales. And I have to tell you that reminiscing about VeggieTales brought my kids and I down (laughs) this whole nostalgia trip the other day. We were singing all the songs. It was so fun. And that is just exactly that silly animated programming. Um, that's just more wholesome in quality. Yeah. They've also got some great options for really little kids like Richard Scary's Busy Town. Sarah, remember those books? I they love are the those. best. I love those Richard Scary books. Well, Yippee was built on faith-based programming, but it's expanded to include lots of shows that are friendly for any family. So you definitely don't have to be Christian to enjoy it. They just really want to make sure parents have good options for screen time, especially during this crazy time in all of our lives. And we've got a great deal for you in partnership with Yippee. Sign up at yippee.tv and use the promo code MOMHOUR50 and you'll get 50% off your first three months. Yippee is spelled Y-I-P-P-E-E and it's yippee.tv, not .com. So again, that's 50% off your first three months when you use the promo code MOMHOUR50 at yippee.tv. Okay, Sarah. So in the first half of the show, we really laid out kind of what the obstacles, the barriers, yeah. <laughs> the challenges that we're facing right now. So now let's shift to some solutions for moms who are just feeling that never endingness of staying at home um, and all of the loneliness and the lack of alone time and things that we talked about. Um, let's just kind of go through these. We'll go back and forth and and just name some solutions. Sure. I'll go first. Yeah. Well, and what I love about this is if if we've done the work to think about like, what, what is my highest need right now? And how am I feeling? Um, and that's kind of what we did the first half of the show, then hopefully these next tips feel like some action you actually can take. So 
number one is ask for what you need. And it's like so fundamental and also so hard as a mom. But we've actually done whole episodes about how it's so hard to ask for help when you don't know what kind of help you need, which is why we kind of went through all of that before the break, right? Like what would, what would make me feel like myself right now? Is it connection? Is it more words of affirmation? Is it truly um, two hours uninterrupted by myself? And then ask for it. And a lot of times in a, in a partnered relationship, that looks like asking your spouse. It might be an uncomfortable conversation. I think it's, it's always okay to say, I know I've never communicated this before, or I may not have ever asked for this before, but it turns out I really need time to myself in the morning. So I'm wondering if during this crazy time, we can look at our schedules and try to tackle that, that challenge together. And by the way, do you need some time to yourself that Mm -hmm. you're not getting? And can I help you get that? So I think there's, there's ways to bring it up, even if it's a little bit awkward or a little bit like you feel like, well, I've never needed I've never needed an hour to myself every night to take a bath before. So why should I deserve it now? Well, you deserve it now. It doesn't, you don't have to explain that, but you might need to approach it, you know, generously and with a feeling of reciprocity with your partner. So another way that you could ask for help, of course, is, you know, asking for outside help. And this is when we're thinking beyond quarantine, but asking, you know, hiring a babysitter, asking to do a trade with a friend. But sometimes you have to be the one to raise your hand and say, hey, I've realized I need a break. So I'm going to ask for what I need. That's number one. I I think as well that we can expand that even now to little things we can do for people um, outside of our home. I know friends of mine and I will check in with each other to see like I'm going to the store. Does anybody need anything? Because Mm -hmm. right now it feels really bad to have to run to the store for one thing. Yeah. Like you there's this guilt feeling and Mm -hmm. the stress around it that um I've definitely been one to kind of lead the charge with friend groups on this, but now everyone is reciprocating. So whether it's just like, you know, dropping off a goodie because you know, your friend is not going to get to the store for another seven days and maybe they would like that or Mm -hmm. asking if you're going and then they can do the same for you. And I think those, those are ways that even right now when we can't see each other physically, we can still take care of each other and it feels good to do that. And then when you do it for other people, it like gives them permission to think about doing it for you and vice versa. When you let people do things for you, it gives them permission to let you do things for them. So everyone can benefit. There's probably, you know, like it could be something really dumb. Like I was thinking about at, um, around Easter, I had extra Easter baskets. Mm -hmm. So I just posted online, like, does anybody need these? Because I was thinking how stressed I would be if I had like a toddler and a preschooler and no way to get to the store and yeah. didn't have Easter baskets. Yeah. Like, so there's just lots of little ways that we can just kind of offer and, and ask yeah. for help right now. We're, but we're in this weird barter economy yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> where no one can leave their house as much as they used to. Totally. Um, so then the next step, right, is to take it. So if you ask for help, take it if it's off order. Even I know for myself, Sarah, sometimes I'm really guilty of telling the kids I need them to do something and then not even waiting long enough for them to do it and just doing it myself Mm -hmm. because I just want it to get done and I don't want to wait around. Mm -hmm. And that's an opportunity missed. Mm -hmm. Um, So even if it's not necessarily offered, but I've asked, I still sometimes have to remind myself to wait long enough to receive. Yes. Or like, I will ask if I could not ask, that sounds weird, like ask permission, but I will say I need a quick nap or a rest and then I will look at the clock and somehow sometimes be like, oh, well, I shouldn't stay up here for a whole hour. I don't really need an hour of sleep. So I'll just lie down for 15 minutes. It's almost like you ask, 
you do the brave step of asking for what you need and then you make sure to give change, like to give what's left over and yes. not take the whole thing, and not the, eat the whole pie. And the funny thing is no one would care or notice. Like, do you really think mm-hmm. Brian would be no. like down looking at his watch going, she's been up there an hour and five minutes. Right. right. I mean, it's totally, we do it to ourselves. Yeah. Um, the t- yes, get, giving the change back or like, it's like we're we're like um, negotiating down before the other person's even counter offered. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we lowball ourselves. Totally, totally. And and that probably goes back to number one because it is hard to ask for what we need. So we ask for what we need, and then we try not to take all of it because that would be greedy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that one. Take take it when it's offered, or take it when it's available. Maybe no one's offering it, yeah. but if you have a break and you're available, or it's available, take it. Um. So that is a good segue to my next tip, which is start to see the opportunities for small breaks in your day and have a self-care or a feel-good practice that's at the ready um, so that you can do that thing when when those spontaneous breaks arrive. And this actually comes directly from a listener question we answered a couple weeks ago, um, but I just want to say it again because I think it's, it's so true that um, especially moms whose kids are getting a little bit older and starting to play independently, um, you can find yourself with a break, a pocket of time where no one needs you. And I kid you not, like if it was me, I'm like looking around and I don't know what to do with myself. And then of course I think, well, I should do the dishes or I should do the laundry. <laughs> so having a, a, a self-care practice or a leisure activity, like a really good book or like a 15 minute yoga practice that you can do at any time during the day. And then like letting your kids see you do that and be like, Oh, mom's doing her mom's resting right now. Mom's doing her crossword puzzle or she's, you know, playing her game of solitaire. So think about what that leisure activity is for you. And then practice seeing the five, 10, 15, 30 minute windows in your day where you could just grab it. So that's a little different. You're not asking for help or not asking for a break in this case, but you're training your training, your eye to see them and take them. Yeah. I love that. And it really goes hand in hand with the next one, which is to structure your days with those built-in breaks. And if they're not already there, um, get creative and, you know, create them. And I think right now, something that we're all experiencing is that calendaring looks very different than Mm -hmm. it used to. You might not even be bothering with a calendar right now. (laughs) I can tell you that I have gone to a totally different system where I used to have like my calendar and then my to-do list. And I would kind of use my to-do list to inform my calendar and vice versa, but they were two very separate things. Now my daily to-do list has, has times Mm -hmm. associated because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't really put any structure around my day at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, to your point, Sarah, about seeing the opportunities for small breaks and then knowing what you can do whenever you have a minute, I've got on the left, I've got like my time kind of just broken out in like hour long increments. I don't get super specific. And sometimes it's more like an hour and a half, if that makes more sense. Like Mm -hmm. say I wrapped something up at 930 and then I know I have till 11, like 930 to 11 is a block. And then I just kind of try to figure out what goes there. So I write the things that have to go in those spots under that time. And then everything else is on the right Mm -hmm. and it's just hovering. Yeah. (laughs) And so like my eye is, so if I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, okay, it's 1045 and I'm done with the thing I was that I wanted to do at 10. And now I have until 1130, I'll just look to the right and be like, what slides in? Mm -hmm. What what Mm -hmm. slides into 45 minutes? And so just having like all of those things visually in front of me is really, really helpful. Um, even if I don't actually have the time written down yet for when that thing is going to be. And I think things like screen time, um, 
goes in there but take, for me taking a bath mm-hmm. which I could pair with screen time for my kids <laughs> like yeah things yeah. like you know those built-in breaks like I feel like those legitimately can go on your to-do list they well, do not have to be something that just happens when they happen absolutely and if you have little kids or if you have kids who um whose behavior is not so great around screen time and I have one of those you may find that uh some kind of a schedule around screen time gives you more flexibility than just say, okay, like everybody do your screens and then you tell them to get off and they do. And some, in some families that works great. Um, for me, my kid in this quarantine life, we have gone to like a block in the afternoon where it's screen time free for all. Um, and the reason I chose that is I, I didn't want each of them having separate negotiations with me throughout the day about their screen time. I knew that would just mess with my head. And again, make me feel like I was not getting a break from being the parent. So, um, I think especially right now you can use blocks of time, like you're describing Megan to think, when do I need my break? And do I need to employ the use of screens to give myself a break by giving, handing my children an iPad? And that is 100% okay. You have all the permission to structure your day and stick your kids in front of a movie or even have fun with it. We've had some fun structure around screen time. We're watching The Amazing Race every night as a family. We did one day where it was like unlimited Disney movies. I said, you can watch movies literally all day. You can wake up in the morning, but they have to be Disney movies and they have to be like animated classics because I knew they might kind of eventually get bored with that and not actually watch 14 hours of television, but they, (laughs) but I told them they could. So Use screen time creatively and kind of embrace the fact that it buys you a break, because if it does, then you can use it right now. I love that. And I will just say that for older kids and we have fewer um, restrictions on screen time here for several different reasons. One of them being the kids are busy enough with lots of things going on that they don't have as many hours that they could potentially just zone out. The kids who would have had behavioral issues with that when they were younger, have just kind of figured out how to manage yeah. it. So in our case, we do it a little bit differently, almost backward. And that's because the um, because the kids now do so much of their socializing via video games and things mm-hmm. and like just and doing like watch parties and things like that. It wasn't really working for me to set aside time that was okay to be online because everybody wanted to be online at a different time or using screens at a different time. So I just have times it's not okay. Oh, I love that. So like, like I do the inverse. So it's yeah. like, this is when we're going to be eating. It's not okay. Then this is when we're going to be doing chores. It's not okay. Then. And what se- what seems to happen is when I block off, um, several hours, like they're not all at once. It's like an hour here, two hours there, blah, blah, blah. Um, through the day that they just know they can't, they figure out how to fill in the rest yeah. with times that they can. Yeah. Otherwise what was happening was I'd say, yeah, okay. So we'll do doing all these other things. And then seven 30, you can get on. Well, then their friends all want to have a tournament yeah. of some sort at eight 30 and nobody's on from seven 30 to eight 30. And then they're all grumpy. So Yeah, we just kind of back into it. Same thing. I love that. I love that. Well, another one that I think really applies to parents of small children is start to stretch your kids' abilities to play by themselves or with each other. And we get so many listener questions about like, when will my kid learn to play independently? Or when will my two kids actually play together without fighting or without me needing to hover? And I can honestly say you have more you have more sibling combinations than I do, Megan. But I have three kids who played independently very differently, one of whom still doesn't. Mm. And she's seven, Um, one who did so well and so early and one who was kind of in the middle. Um, And I also have different pairings who who play well together, but then they fight, et cetera. It is not there's no magic. There's no magic ticket to this in my in my opinion. And you might be 
you might be blessed with a, a couple of oil and water personalities. It's not your fault if they're not playing well together, but whatever lot you're given, whatever sibling pairs, or maybe you have an only child, whoever's in your house, they're all capable of doing a little better than they did last month and a little better than they did last year. So what that looks like in my house is I will ignore squabbling to, I will listen and kind of wait to step in on a squabble. Um, so we've worked a long, long time on kind of resolving squabbles and helping them kind of lengthen the amount of time that they could play together. I might help them choose an activity if I think, okay, they might give me an hour break if I sort of steer them in a direction where I know it's not going to be an, a power imbalance. You know, there's so many things where it's like they think they want to build Legos together, <laughs> but I know that this is really a disaster. So I might suggest something else so that I get a longer break. So finding ways to sort of uh, create, set the right environment so that your sibling pairs or your sibling groups will continue to improve their ability to play longer together. And sometimes that looks like me putting in headphones and saying, I am not available right now. So unless someone's, you know, the classic, like unless you're bleeding or dying or on fire, um, I'm not available right now. And you're, you're able to do that for longer and longer increments. And so if you're at the beginning of that, don't lose hope. It's it can be five minutes in the beginning. Um, my sister has a two and a half year old and a baby, and even a two and a half year old can learn to wait and count to ten while mom finishes a conversation. So it's 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 not going to happen all at once. But I think if you're constantly working toward stretching them, you will get there, um, and it's worth all the effort. You know what this made me think of too. Um, if you especially if you are a mom of kids who are super widely spaced or on only. Mm -hmm is almost like stretching your ability to play with your kid. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, because, you know, we've talked about that a million times, how bad we can be at that. Mm -hmm. But there's ways, there's workarounds, right? There's ways to make that more tolerable for you. And we've gone into that in mm -hmm. the past of like choosing the activities that you actually want to do with your kids mm -hmm. and kind of steering them away from the ones you don't is one good way. So maybe it's really more about stretching your kid's ability to play with you in a way that yeah. you find or tolerable like for Violet because she does like to be around me so much and she would really play with me all day if she could. I have to get creative. And so if I'm working on the computer, or even if I'm on a conference call, I'll say, hey, grab your drawing stuff and come and sit right next to me in bed and we'll have special time. Well, it turns out I'm not actually playing with her the whole time, but she's right. at least getting a little bit of that need met. And so it doesn't feel like a complete now her cup is completely empty and then we're starting back at zero. So sometimes you can get get creative. Um, and the older kids get, the more you can invite them to, you know, work alongside you. Like you let's, let's have you do your schoolwork and I'll sit here and I'll do my work. And then in 45 minutes, when the timer goes off, we'll do something fun together. So including them in the process, but also holding those boundaries and stretching those boundaries because they are capable and you deserve, you deserve five minutes to eat a sandwich or to yeah. finish a phone conversation. And I don't care if you have four kids, six and under, you deserve that. And so combining with all these other tips, asking for help, accepting help. I mean, you deserve it. So take it is my point. I yes, guess. <laughs> you deserve it. So take it. I love that. Well, the last one that we're going to talk about today is something that I feel like when I was finally able to embrace this idea as a mom, it just made everything fall into place and better. And that is just the idea of a fresh start. Mm. Um, there are so many days when I just check, like when I look at my, my, my to-do list and what I decided I was going to do today, and no matter how much energy I came into it with at the beginning of the day, things just aren't going well. And sometimes I'm like, no, I'm putting my pajamas on. It is 530. 
we're going to watch movies. I'm not doing the dishes tonight and we're just going to start again tomorrow. And it doesn't mean you like give up on the day. It's almost more like you just cry uncle just enough to create space for yourself to get a break, whatever that looks like. Sometimes it's a physical break. Sometimes it's a mental break. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's an emotional break, whatever it is. And sometimes it can feel really special to the kids too. When mom kind of just like goes a little off the rails Mm -hmm. and does something totally unexpected, like eats off paper plates or serves frozen pizza (laughs) for dinner or decides everyone should just go to bed a little early and do whatever they want in Mm -hmm. bed. Uh, Like whatever it is, just that idea that like tomorrow is a new day Mm -hmm. or maybe next week is a new week. And we can't always milk every last thing out of this day. Like sometimes this day has given all that it has to give. And so like when the sooner I recognize that and throw my hands up, the quicker I get the energy to go back to like hit the ground running again, the more I fight it and the more I feel bad about it and guilty and go down the, I should, I should, I should um, rabbit hole, the longer the energy slump or the grumpiness or whatever it is extends. Yeah. So give up early and often. Well, and it's the ultimate, (laughs) it's the ultimate giving yourself a break, right? When we say, Oh, you know, go easy on yourself, give yourself a break. Like it's okay to just reset. And we've spent this whole episode talking about how to, how to ask for and find and create little breaks for yourself. Like this is the ability to cut yourself some slack and tell yourself you can try again tomorrow is, is the ultimate in kindness to yourself. Right. And, and we're not always good at it. Well, and I think so often like things saying, cut yourself a break or do the bare minimum or whatever has become such a cliche. It's meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, I agree. Mean anything. And then I think we end up giving it this really kind of, I don't know, cheesy sort of almost insulting Mm -hmm. um, parameter. Like tonight, I'm really going to be a rotten mom. Like I'm not, you know, I'm going to do something that's like still really good mom stuff. And I can't even think of what the example (laughs) would be, but something that's still pretty darn good. And we're going to kind of play it down. Like this is like, you know, us really phoning it in when we haven't even begun to phone it in. Like you can phone it in way better than that. I promise you. So I think it's the spe- the specificity of it. Yeah. Like the, I am like throwing up my hands and here's what that looks like tonight. And I'm going all in. Yeah. I am going to lean into giving up. And then tomorrow I'm going to hit the ground running again yeah. and see how far we get. And it's, it's just for me. And I know maybe not everybody has that same energy pattern or mentality, but for me, rebelling a little bit against what, um, and maybe it doesn't look like rebelling for everybody, but for me, like rebelling against my own expectations is the best way for my own expectations to like get reset enough where I can actually do it Mm -hmm. next time. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love that a lot. Well, gosh, I hope this episode has been helpful. I know it's been actually really helpful for me just to talk through this stuff out loud and um, believe it or not, even with as long as I've been a mom, I need the reminder just as much as all of you. So um, this has been really fun. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. And whatever your life looks like right now, We're just glad to be keeping you company and we appreciate you being here. Yes, we do. And just a big thanks to our sponsor, Yippee. They are a really great organization. They're run by parents and educators and people who get that kids need good programming and moms need a break. Yippee is free to try for seven days. So go check it out at yippee.tv. And when you sign up with our code MOMHOUR50, you'll save 50% off the first three months. That makes it like four bucks a month for three months. And that is such a great deal. Okay, everyone, we'll be back in your feed this Sunday with another episode in our Pandemic Perspective series. And then, of course, again on Tuesday, as always. We'll talk to you soon.
The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.